<laughs> just we're just going to go ahead and get into the service this morning. We got we got a lot of sickness in the church this morning, as you can tell. We got a skeleton crew out here today. Um, so just remember those if you know that they're sick, just pray for them. I've got a couple that I know of right off the top of my head. Um, Jonathan's going in this Tuesday to have his gallbladder removed, so uh, be in prayer for him and bless the bacon that you can't eat. Um, VJ sick, uh, Cindy and Mike sick, we know that. And uh, Judy's got a cousin, Philip. Do you remember his last name? Brazel. Um, not doing well. Uh, he's come home. He is. Uh, I think he come home Wednesday. I tried to go see him Tuesday, but he was sleeping, so I couldn't talk to him. Um, so pray, just pray for that family and, and for him. Uh, Keith had mentioned one this morning. The, um, a young man, Hunter's age, had uh, committed suicide Christmas Eve. So remember that family. Um, I've got I got two cousins that leave today uh, going to Belize on a mission trip. They're sisters, Paris and Paige Bullock, which would be Sharon Hollers Bullock. <laughs> yeah, so it would be Emily's cousins. They leave today going to Belize on a mission trip. So just uh, be in prayer for Paris and Paige. And uh, I think that is it. Congratulations to Ken Louise on 59 years. Louise, how would you make it? 59 years out killing a man. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> we'll talk about that at 60. How's that? <laughs> that what an accomplishment. Six, uh, 59 years. So here's looking at 60. Uh, we need we need more like that. We don't we don't see that very often in in our world right now where we have husbands and wives sticking it out for 59 years. It's uh, oh you've got to <laughs> no you couldn't. <laughs> It just we need, yeah, we need more role models like like that. And my aunt Tammy, her uh, her parents celebrated their 59th on on the same day as y'all's, and uh, it's just you don't hear about that very often. So congratulations on that. Uh, this morning we're going to be over in Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two. It is it's over. Christmas over. It's over. We're going to move on. And next thing we're going to look at is Easter. And oh, Madison is here. Hi, Madison. How are you? Glad to have you back with us, all the way up here from the big city. <laughs> Sounds like. Oh, wow. Oh, I bet not. Yeah, remember Preacher Bill? Man, that's awful. Um, we're going to move on past what? Okay, I remember that. I know we've all got them. We've all got some prayer requests, and we'll just, that's what I mentioned this morning. It's a, it's a praying bunch right here, so the more we know about it, the more we can pray about it. We're going to look at something this morning that it's a story we, we overlook a lot because when we, when we read about Jesus' birth, well, that's about it. We read about his birth. We, we look at the shepherds. We look at... Um, Mary, and we look at Joseph, we look at the manger, we look at the star, we look at the night, we look at all these different things, but something happened after his birth that we're going to talk about this morning. I've preached on it once before, I know, and it's Simeon. I love Simeon. I love this man that, as the Bible, and we'll read it here shortly, that blessed God. 
he got to hold baby Jesus in his hands. And he, he was, I don't know, just something about this story. Just, it gives me chills every time. And I guess it's because what we've talked about over the past uh, four weeks or so with uh, the series about all I want for Christmas. And when we look at the Savior, when we looked at that on the, the second one was the all I want for Christmas is the Savior. And we talked about these prophets, all they ever wanted was to be able to see the Savior. And now we have Simeon, not that he was a, a prophet, but the fact that God spoke to him and told him that before you die, you get to see him. And I love this story. I love the story about Simeon. We're going to read it here in just a moment. And, and we're going to talk about how to live a spirit-filled life like Simeon lived here. And uh, we're going to look at it. Simeon is probably one of the greatest examples there is of that. This man was at the right place at the right time. God had orchestrated. God had put all this together. God had ordained this time, this place, this man. Simeon knew it. He knew he would say, he believed, he trusted. He had a trust in God. And so he knew that before he died, before that he was, te- uh, I'm not going to say carried into heaven, but before he went to heaven, that he would be able to witness the Messiah. So he lived a life that we all should be living right. Spirit filled life. After a, a lifetime of waiting on the Messiah, I can't imagine the joy that Simeon felt when he held that child in his, in his arms. We all know what it's like to, to hold a baby and that, that, that joy you get. I come in this morning and, and Carolyn, she's, she's sliding over. She said, bring him here. As all she, she wanted to, to hold Clayton this morning. We all love that opportunity. The, this week, poor old Clayton's been like a football tossed around. But it's, it's fine. It's all right. He, he slept pretty good the past couple nights. But that joy that a child brings to you is one. The joy that this child brought to Simeon is a whole other type of joy. This, this joy w- was just overflowing. This was like... Simeon had put his hands around that cup that overfloweth, and he was just getting a hold of everything he could. He was holding the one that God said he would hold, and he was excited. He was full of joy. Now, I think of it. A man who knew God, held God in the palm of his hand. He knew that God held him in the palm of his hand, and now he held God in his arms. I mean, you think about that. This man knew God. He knew, oh, did he know God. He had a relationship with I would dare say the man walked with God. Loved God. And he, God knew him. And now he got to hold God. And God with skin on him, he got to hold him. How did it happen? And that's what we're going to read about this morning. If you've got your Bibles up to Luke 2, stand with me just a moment. We're going to read Luke 2, 21. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which 
is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before, that, before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face, before the face of all people, a light to the light to lighten the Gentiles in the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, now listen to this part right here, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through his own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed." And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of uh, Phineal, of the tribe of Aser. She was of a great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise to the Lord and spake of him to all them that look for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned unto Galilee to their own city Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Let's pray. Father, this morning we thank you for this season, this holiday that we have set aside to recognize the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that that was what took place yesterday. Lord, we stopped and we didn't think about all the gifts that were received or the meals that were ate or even the time that we had with our family. But Lord, we stopped and we thought and we thanked you for the sacrifice, for allowing your son, Jesus Christ, to leave the comforts of heaven, to leave your side, to come here on earth and to live with us sinners for a few short years. God, we thank you for the, fir- the virgin birth. Lord, we thank you for all that we have read over the past month of the manger and the shepherds and the angels and, and Joseph and Mary and all that makes up that nativity story. God, I pray that uh, we remember that, not just this time of year, but God, we remember that year-round of all that took place so that your son could have the life that he lived, to be born the way he was born, even though it doesn't sound like it was the best for a child, but it was the best for your child. It was the best for this world. It was the best for us sinners here on earth. Lord, and we thank you for that. And I pray, Lord, again, we not forget it. Lord, I pray that you continue to bless us through the service. And Lord, open up our hearts to live a more spirit-filled life as Simeon lived. And God, I pray that you would be with those that we were that were spoken about this morning that are, are sick, those that have lost loved ones here recently. Uh, Father, I pray that you would just continue to move in their lives. Lord, use us as a vessel. Uh, to be an inspiration, to be a light to those that are lost, to those that are sick. Allow us to be able to pray for them, pray with them uh, whenever uh, we are able to be with them. God, I pray that you would just use us in, in a great way. We love you and we praise you this morning. All in your son's name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. Y'all get the rough draft this morning. I got sick as a dog yesterday. 
evening and uh, come home so I didn't get to do the my my finishing time. But we're we're going to make it through here this morning. It should be just fine. So we're told here that Simeon was just uh, was a just man, which means he was a righteous man, which means he was a godly man. He was a devout man. That's what the Bible says. And I love and devout is what verse 25 says. He was a man of faith waiting for the consolation of Israel. He had spoke to him. And when God speaks to you, especially the way that he spoke to, to uh, Simeon, and you look back again at the prophets and the prophetesses, uh, you got Anna there. You think about how God speaks to people. When God talks to you the way that he talked to him, you get a deeper relationship with him. So you become more devout and you become more just you become more righteous and your walk gets closer with him especially when you are uh you talk to him on a daily basis like they were talking to him and so you you your relationship with god gets strong and his got stronger now now right here where it says he was a man of faith waiting for the consolation of israel this was a reference to faith in the promises of god about blessing israel of the coming messiah he was remembering this he remembered what God had told them. Simeon was a man full, uh, he, not just, but he was full of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. He was, he was uh, again, he was probably just overflowing. And then here comes little baby Jesus, and he gets to hold God in his arms, and he is overflowing with joy. He is over, his heart is overflowing. The, the Holy Spirit's in there. The Holy Spirit's in his heart, and, and he knows who he's talking to, and he knows who he's holding. And so he's just absolutely overwhelmed with joy. Now, three times Luke speaks of the Holy Spirit's work in Simeon's life. We read Luke this morning, we read in Isaiah this morning, we read in Luke this morning. I agree with Keith, I like the way that God picked Luke to write the book of Luke because he was so detailed and he'd done such a good job. He was like one of those investigative journalists. He just really, and he got the facts he liked detail. He's a doctor. He, he liked detail, and he wrote in detail. And so that helps us. So three times Luke speaks of the Holy Spirit's work in Simeon's life. So the first thing we're going to look at this morning about Simeon is he leaned upon the Holy Spirit. He leaned upon the Holy Spirit, and so we are to lean on the Holy Spirit. We're to lean on him. We are to use him as, as, a, as, a, as a brace. And I had uh, read a story, and I, and I hope I get this right because I... I uh, Man, I cannot remember the word that he used, but there was this, this older man that used to pray in church, preacher, call on and pray, and he, he would say, at the end of the prayer before he'd say amen, he'd say, Lord, shore us up on the weak side, or the leaning side, I'm sorry, shore us up on the leaning side. Now, some of y'all probably know, y'all probably seen some barns. Jason, you got a barn that leans? Do you? Do you, do you have it wedged up? You got something? Okay, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about right here. That's the weak side. That's the side where everything's leaning on. This man, this old farmer, he used to pray and he'd say, Lord, shore me up on the leaning side. Shore the church up on the leaning side. That's the weaker side. So that's the way that we need to be praying is that the Lord would shore us up. We need to, we've got to lean on Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what is going to keep us from falling over. So as we lean upon the Holy Spirit, we're not going to fall over. We're shored up on the Holy Spirit, on the strong arm of God. That's what He's asking us to do, is just lean up against the Holy Spirit. Now, we know that the life God calls us to live is impossible. 
I think we can all agree on that. We know the, the life that God wants us to live, the one that he needs us to live. We know what it's supposed to be, but we also know that we can't do it. It's impossible. The only person who perfectly lived a life like that was Jesus. And I, I don't see any scars in my hands or feet, and I don't see them in yours. There's only been one, and there'll only be one that can live that perfect. But Jesus says this over in Luke 18. He says, and he said, this is Jesus, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. So we know that we can't live a perfect life on our own, but we can live a pretty good life through Jesus. We can live a great life through Jesus. Simeon knew that it is impossible on our own and our own strength to live a life pleasing to God. He knew that. And I hope you know that. This morning, I hope that you know that it is completely impossible for us. But through God, all things are possible. So when we lean, when we take that weak side that we have and we lean on the Holy Spirit like we're supposed to, we can make it. We've got to lean on Him, though. That's why we can't afford to live a single day without being yielded to the Holy Spirit. Not a single day. Simeon accepted that truth, and he declared a long time ago to one of the, the leaders of Israel, which is Rubabel. Listen to what it says over in Zechariah 4, 6. He said, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. But by my spirit. That is where we make it. It is by the Holy Spirit. It is because we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our heart, that we can make it. It's not because we're educated. It's not because we go to college or we graduate high school or we've made it to the 8th grade. That not, has nothing to do with it. It is because, just like he said right here again, he says, But by my Spirit, saith Lord of hosts, not by might, not by power, but by His Spirit. That's how we make it. We've got to remember that. Depending on the power of the Spirit means um, we have to trust God more than we can trust ourselves. I know I say it a lot, but I try to. I have to remind myself when I say this. We've all tried to make it on our own. Every single one of us. There ain't one here today. Ain't one listening this morning that hasn't tried to make it on your own. We've we have we've tried. That's that's the key word right there. Tried to make it on your own. And we fail. But when we lean on the Holy Spirit, when we lean upon Jesus, then we can make it. As long as we, uh, as we live trusting our abilities, we're not going to be able to live according to, uh, to what God wants us. Genesis 2.16 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Now I want you all to listen to this. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now normally when we read this right here, our focus is on what they're told not to do. What what, what the Bible just tells tell them not to do? Don't eat of the tree. That's what we focus on. When we talk about Adam and Eve, we always talk about what they done wrong. We always talk about what they done wrong. Again, I'm going to read that one more time. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, 
But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now that's our way as a fallen people to focus on the negative at the expense of the positive. The positive was you can eat of all the trees. The negative, which you focus on, don't eat of this tree, this one tree. Don't eat of this. And we always focus on it. That's what we do as, as a, a fallen person, uh, you know, a bunch of sinners. We always focus on the negative. We always focus on the negative. When we, when we, even in the Scripture, we, try to, we find the negative in there. And we harp on it, and that's what we, we tend to remember is the negative stuff. Now, if I show you this little piece of paper, here it comes, Paisley. There it is. What do y'all see? Somebody, what do you see? You see that circle, that black dot on there, don't you? How many of y'all looked at that piece of paper and said, oh, look, it's a white piece of paper? Nobody. Ain't one of you sitting there right now said, oh, I see white paper. You said, I see a black dot. I see a black dot. We focused on that black dot, not that white paper. We tended to focus things that pop out, things that we see. I see that black dot, not that white paper. If we look at the command of God here to Adam and Eve, we focus on the tree they could not partake of. That's what we focus off on, which is the dot. That tree that they can't partake of is the black dot. What we need to be focusing on is what was freely given to them, which was the trees could partake of, which was the white paper. Focus on the good stuff, the positive stuff, the white stuff. Not the, the black dots, but the white stuff. God said, thou mayest freely. He's telling us right there, you are free. You are free to go up to that tree and get all you want to. On, on this certain tree, eat all you want to. Can you imagine being in the garden and having candy canes on your tree? Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be, that'd be the tree I'd be hanging out with. We need to focus on the positive that he's telling us. The good stuff that he told them they could. We can freely choose to eat of the good stuff or the bad stuff. We can freely choose to accept Jesus or reject Jesus. He's saying you're free to do whatever you want to. We need to focus on the positive, the freely accepting Jesus. And we need to remember that. And we need to use that as we preach and as we go out and witness to others. Tell folks, it's totally up to you. Free will. You can pick and choose what you want to. But I strongly encourage you to focus on the positive. Focus on the good stuff. Focus on the good trees. Focus on Jesus. Positive things. Now that freedom that we have had was lost. Man, that freedom that we about right there was lost. But by Jesus, through the work of the Holy Spirit, we got it back. That freedom has been restored. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is that Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as a, in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. What you think about Moses? What did Moses do? Moses covered his face, didn't he? He had to hide his the glory that shone on his face after being with God. But we can live in a way now to reveal God's glory by growing measures as a church, as Christians, by having the Holy Spirit in us. We can show that. We can 
feel it. We don't have to try to cover up like Moses did. Moses had that, that, that glory glowing on him. We don't have to cover up anymore. We need to be showing it. Let your little light shine. If you want to sing it, go ahead. Let your little light shine. Let our light shine among everybody. Don't hide that thing. Don't put it under a bushel. Let that thing shine. Let the world see Jesus on you. Don't cover up. It was by free will that we chose to accept Jesus in our lives. And we show the world that we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we're not ashamed to be a Christian, that we're not ashamed to be a believer. We're not ashamed to be a follower of Jesus. I'm not ashamed. Show the world. Don't cover up. We freely chose to show it. Don't focus on that dot in your life or what, what you gave up to be blessed by the Spirit. Don't, don't focus on that black dot. That black dot is sin. And that sin is what we gave up so that we could follow that white. So we could follow Jesus. Don't remember, remember that white sheet of paper. Remember Jesus. The second thing we're going to look at this morning is Simeon learned, learned. Now he leaned first. Now he learned from the Holy Spirit. That's over in verse 26. Look at it one more time. We're going to say, uh, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he shouldn't see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now Simeon was told by the Lord that he wouldn't die until he saw the Messiah. You're not going to die till you meet my son. Can you imagine those words? Can you imagine God speaking to you like that, saying, before you go, you're going to get to meet the Messiah. I just, I can't, I can't wrap my mind around that. The joy that came from those words from God when He spoke to Simeon. What, how exciting that, how exciting that was for him. I don't know how much longer I'm going to live, but before I go, I'll get to meet Jesus. And then I'll get to meet Jesus. He got to meet Jesus, then meet Jesus. I got to, I can't imagine. Now, he probably had some emotion, that joy overfilled. We all tend to think about death kind of scary sometimes, leaving loved ones or whatever it is. But think about Simeon for just a second. God told him, you'll not experience death until you meet the Messiah. Well, then he met the Messiah, and he knew what was coming next. What do you think he experienced? Do you think he had joy? Do you think that joy was just overflowing from holding baby Jesus, from holding the Messiah? Do you think that he was so overwhelmed that he said, Lord, just take me on home. I, I, can't, I can't get any happier right now. Just take me on. There's nothing else in this world for me to experience. Or do you think for just a split second, he said, oh, I know what's next. I know what's coming next. I've held the Messiah, and now i got to die. I don't know. I'd say more than likely, he's pretty excited and said, Lord, I've held your son, now take me home. I've held your son, now I'm ready to meet you face to face. That's the way I see it. God gave a revelation that gave direction to Simeon's life. So, as we seek to live a spirit-filled life that Simeon lived right here, the Spirit will be free to give us a revelation and some direction in our life. The Holy Spirit was giving Simeon direction. 
The Holy Spirit gives us direction, tells us where to go, tells us what to do, what to say. He prepares us. As we pray, as we read the Bible, He is preparing us, He is leading us. We are learning through the Word of God so that we live a better life, so that we live a, a more Christian life. Now, Henry Blackaby, I don't, do you have that commentary? you have any Blackaby commentaries? You need some of those. They're good. Henry Blackaby said this. He said, God speaks by His Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal Himself, His purposes, and His ways. He does. He speaks to us not just through prayer. He speaks to us through song. How many times have you ever got a little happy singing? Yeah, we all do. Through prayer, through fellowship, He speaks to us. We read that Bible, He speaks to us. So we experience God. We're learning through all these different avenues. You know, saying there's more than one way to skin a cat. There is. There's more than one way to be spoken to by God. It's not just through prayer. He uses so many different resources that are available to every one of us. And it's amazing. Sometimes you're just sitting in the woods and he starts talking to you. Sometimes you're driving down the road and you turn the radio off and you just talk to him. And he talks to you. He talks to us. He speaks to us. And we learn from it. 1 Corinthians 2 9 says, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man. The things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto him, or unto us, by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For that man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. We have to pursue a life of devotion. We have to be completely devoted to God. And that's, man, what do we, what do we tend to, as, as adults especially, devote our lives to? Work. We devote our lives to providing. To work our tails off so that our family can have everything that they can ever imagine. We want to be able to provide for our families. And so we devote our life to work in the pursuit of money. That's not what God's asking us to do. He says, won't you just devote your life to me I'll provide for you. Won't you devote everything that you have in you to me and I'll give you that food that you need to eat and that shelter you need over your head, and that clothes that you need on your, your back, and the shoes on your feet, if you will just devote your life to me, I will provide. That's, that's all he asks from us. And we have time doing that. We have to pursue it, though. Seek God's revelation of himself by his Spirit through the Bible, through prayer. Seek, when I say his revelation, I'm not saying that he's going to tell you that when, you're, when your time is up. It's not going to be like Simeon, and he's not going to tell you the date and the time that you're, not, that you're going to pass away. When I'm talking about revelation, I'm talking about seek the things for your future. When you talk to God, he's already got your whole life planned out for you. Talk to him, and let him guide you through life. Let him walk you through step by step what he has in store for you. But you've got to talk to him. Seek his face, and he'll guide you. He wants to teach you how to hear his voice, and that's a hard one. 
I talk about it a lot, I know. I ain't going to apologize for it, but if you don't talk to God enough, you're going to get confused when it's the devil. The devil's going to talk to you, the God's going to talk to you, and, and you're going to know who's who. But if you ingrained, if you, start, if you start reading the Word of God, and you start letting Him speak to you, and you start praying to Him, and you are, have this conversation daily with God, you're going to know the difference between God and the devil. Whenever the Lord's speaking to you, you're going to say, oh, that's my God. And whenever the talking to you and say, oh, get behind me, Satan. You're going to know the difference, but you're going to have to get in the Word. You're going to have to get into a conversation with Him to hear that voice. And to do that, you've got to devotely seek His face. I mean daily. Seek His face. Third thing, He was led by the Holy Spirit. Verse 27 says, And He came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God. And we'll stop right there on that one. Simeon was a man of righteousness and devotion, but also of faith. He had righteousness, and he was devoted to God, but he had faith. That's what we need. We need that faith in our life. That God is going to provide faith knowing like Simeon that he is going to bring the Messiah to him. That's the kind of faith that we need. Faith knowing that he is going to give us that morsel of bread and that small cup of water when we're hungry, when we're thirsty. He's going to provide that just for us. Just what we need. We have to have that kind of faith. We have to live a life of faith. He lived his life expecting God to fulfill his promises. Keith talked about it this morning before we dismissed into our classes. He was talking about the promises that were fulfilled. All the prophecy that was fulfilled. And we're just missing the one right now. And that's Jesus coming back. That's the one that we're just waiting on. Not that it's not going to happen. It's going to happen. We're just waiting on it. We need to live a life of faith knowing that it's going to happen. That second coming is going to happen. That's that second time that Jesus comes back. Remember the first time was the baby. The second time he's coming back as the king. He's going to rule over us. He's coming back. And we've got to have faith knowing that he is going to come back. And we've got to have that faith knowing he's going to come back because that faith knowing that he's coming back is going to give us the power that we need to preach to the lost, to get out and to reach those that are, that are going to hell right now. We need that power. When we have faith knowing that He is coming back, that should put a little fire under us to reach out to the lost because we know something the lost don't know, and that is Jesus is coming back, and that there is a better route for them. There's a better option for them. They don't have to go to hell. They can go to heaven. And with faith knowing that He is coming back, and He is who He says He is, and He's never broke a promise, a promise we should be able to go out and tell the world, Jesus is coming. Ready or not, here he comes. Are you ready? We need to have that kind of faith. We need to daily expect that God is going to speak to us. Simeon knew daily God was going to speak to him. I don't know how you do it. I don't know your routines in the morning. Every one of us is a little bit different. Some people say, don't talk to me for at least an hour. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Rita, is that true? Don't mess with Rita. Some say, I've got to have at least two cups of coffee in me before you even look at me in the mornings. Some people, 
<laughs> Paisley said that was Abby. <laughs> we, we have our routines. But where in your routines, especially in the morning, do you work Jesus in? Where, where do you daily talk to Jesus? Is it in the morning? Don't mess with me till I talk to God. That, that's a good way to look at it. My time with Jesus. I don't bring your problems to me yet. Let me talk to God about my problems first. I think I've told y'all, at least Conley, I think, and Jerry, I've told him this. That don't, a lot of times in the morning before preaching, I don't talk to people for a reason. Sometimes you just make me mad. Sometimes you can just kill the spirit, and I just don't want to talk to you. Don't do that. So it's not that I'm mad at you. Just don't kill the spirit. Talk to me after church. Sometimes we just need to talk to God before we even start our day. To have that daily devotion, have that daily conversation with God so that he can go ahead and say, all right, here's what I plan for you today. Here's where I need you to be today. Here's the plan. Here's the game plan. But daily, we need to expect would like is daily for us to speak to him daily not just on sundays not just on wednesday night but daily simeon knew god was going to reveal something to him we need to have that kind of faith knowing that god's going to reveal something to us we don't know what it is what we've been praying for but at some point god's going to reveal that to us just like he did he did simeon Simeon went to him daily knowing that God was going to use him in some way. He was going to use him. Daily, we need to go to God knowing that he's going to use us. I don't know how he's going to use you, but he's going to use you. He's going to reach the lost somehow. You're going to be that light for somebody. And then daily, he went to God knowing that God was going to bless him. Can you imagine going daily to God and, and, and leaving that conversation with God? coming out with a big smile on your face saying he's going to bless me somehow today I don't know how it's going to be he's going to bless me when we leave the house in the mornings after we've had our coffee and our our, our our Joe and Jesus in the mornings that's the way I like to look at it we get a little Joe and a little Jesus and we walk out the house and we jump in the truck and we take off down the road at some point you got to think God's going to bless me today I don't know how but he's going to bless me today. I'm sure Simeon didn't hop on a mule and take off down the road saying, God's going to bless me today. Simeon probably sat. He's, he's an old man. He probably sat at, the home, at his home. And he was happy sitting at home because he knew God was going to bless him somehow. I love that where it said he made his way to the temple. When I, when I read that little part right there about him making his way to the temple, I think of my great-grandpa Willie. On his cane, trying to go to church. I think of, because Paul was 101 when he died, but I think of an old man with his cane and his feeble, shaking arm slowly making his way to church one last time. Simeon was making his way to the temple one last time because he, in he wasn't going to be blessed. He was going to bless God. He was going to hold that baby, and he was going to bless God. He was excited. Like old Tracy Stuffle. I don't know if y'all ever listened to the Perrys, the gospel group, but they had a song back in the, in the mid-'80s. I loved the song, and it was, it was about spout being poured out. 
but the bass singer, stuff we used to sing this little part, and he he'd said at the end he ended up living his life under the spout where the glory was being poured out. He's living his life under the spout where the glory of the Lord is being poured out. That was that was Simeon. He lived his life just like having his head under a waterfall. Waterfall coming from heaven. He lived his life with the glory of the Lord just pouring out on him all the time. He was so excited because God had a plan for him. God said, you're going to get to see the Messiah, and then you're going to come home to me. Every child of God has that Holy Spirit in them, and it's a benefit. It's a benefit of the new birth. It's a benefit of the birth of Jesus, but it's a benefit of your new birth, having the Holy Spirit in you. That's, that's how we're able to do That's how we're able to live this life. As a Christian, the question is not, do I have the Holy Spirit? The question is, does the Holy Spirit have me? As a Christian, you know you got it, but are you letting it have you? You've got it in you, but are you letting it use you? Are you letting the Holy Spirit use you the way that God's wanting you to be used? Are you letting it talk to you? Are you letting it lead you? What are you letting the Holy Spirit do? I hope you're letting it do all kinds of great things in your life. Being filled with the Spirit is not such or so much like being filled like you might fill a glass of water. I thought about bringing a glass of water in here. I went out there to actually get it, and I decided not to do this because I'll make a mess. I'll short out. Even though I'm up here, I'd still short out the board. <laughs> but I want you to think about being filled with the Holy Spirit like this. It's not a glass of water. It's more like a sponge. I don't know if y'all remember the, the old way of washing cars with sponge. But how did you do it? You took that sponge... And you'd squeeze it really hard, and then you'd dip it down in the water and let go, and it'd suck up the water. What you was doing is you was squeezing the air out. And when you squeeze a sponge, think of the air going out as sin going out. And when you let go, you're letting the Holy Spirit come back in and fill up all those voids in that sponge. Your life is a sponge. Let or fill up those voids. Squeeze out every drop of sin that's in your life as much as possible, and when you let go, let the Spirit of the Lord just fill you back up. Let the Spirit, let the Holy Spirit take your soul. Let the Holy Spirit fill that sponge up with nothing but goodness and get all that sin out. A sponge is an instrument. I, this is what I thought about this week because I was getting ready for this. So my... My mom's side of the family, the Bullocks and the Owenses, they all make pottery. My life, I grew up watching them make pottery. I loved to watch them. I could sit back and watch them throw a pot all day long. I loved to watch them turn. One thing that the master potter uses is a sponge. They'll take that sponge. It's not a big sponge. It's a little sponge. And they'll squeeze that sponge, and they'll reach in that little bucket, and they'll let go, and they'll get water on that sponge. And while that piece of pottery is turning on the wheel, they'll take that sponge and they'll start wiping down the outside of that piece of pottery. It out. You try to do that with a dry sponge, you're going to make a mess. It's going to leave nicks and little streaks all in that thing. But the water makes it smooth. And so that glaze, when it sticks to it, it's nice and shiny and there's no defects in it. That's what the master potter uses. From going, 
Master Potter wants to use your soul as a sponge. Wants to use your heart as that sponge. And so he wants you to squeeze out every bit of sin that's in your life and allow the Holy Spirit to come back in. Let him use you. Sometimes we're not in a position to be used by God, we feel like. Sometimes we feel like our, our sponge is, is full of air. Sometimes we feel like our sponge has got holes in it. Our sponge is, is ripped and torn and just not useful anymore. God says, squeeze it out anyway. I washed many a truck with a torn up sponge. They all wash the same. Might not look the best in the world, but it gets the job. Torn. Might have a hole or two in it. Might be worn out. But he says, I can still use it. I'll still use it. It can be used by the master. If we're choosing a daily, if we're choosing daily to be yielded to the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to fill us through a relationship with God, and if we're ready to, to learn and we're ready to receive the Holy Spirit, we're ready to be used by the Holy Spirit, He wants to re- reveal Himself to us. He wants to reveal Himself to you. God don't look down from the throne saying, I can't use that one. I don't want to show Him nothing. God looks down from the throne. He's looking at each one of us, and He says, I want to use Him, and I want to use her, and I want to use that church, and I want to use everybody that I can get a hold of. He says, I want to use them all. He wants us to be like Simeon. He wants to use us like He used Simeon. He wants us to lean on Him, learn from Him, and let us be led by the Holy Spirit. Lean, learn, and lead, just like Simeon. That's all he's asking. Just let him use us. Let us be a sponge to be used by the Holy Spirit. Stand with me. We're going to close out. Let that Holy Spirit work on you. Some, sometimes, after many years, barns start to lean. And they need to be propped up. Well, sometimes after years of being a Christian, we start to lean a little bit. We start to get weak on one side. We start to, to stray a little bit. God says, I'll prop you up. Let me, pro- let me prop you up. That's a, he'd love to. That's hard work, Jason, trying to get that barn <laughs> wedged up, keep it from falling over. But it's important. It's an important part of farming, keeping that barn up, keeping you... Equipment dry or your hay dry, whatever it is. It's a very important part. And he said, I want to use you. I don't want you to fall down. I want you propped up. That's our last Sunday of 2021. Last Sunday of the year. What a year it's been. And I'm so looking forward to next year. I don't know what's going to happen. He'll be there. We ain't going into it alone, are we? Already blazed a trail for us. I'm looking forward to it. Be back here Wednesday night if you can. We're going to be. What I who we who we studying? Who we studying? <laughs> I got to ask somebody that knows. Starts with R. I forget who it is now. Rahab. Rahab.
We're going to be studying Rahab Wednesday night. Come on back here and be with us as we study up. Remember Jonathan Tuesday? As he goes into surgery, come out a couple pounds lighter. You could lose any weight right now. Tell him to put it back in your pocket so you don't blow away. Anybody have anything on their heart or their mind this evening before we close out? He's got his eyes fixed on us. We need to keep our eyes fixed on him. Jonathan, will you dismiss us, please? Amen.